In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up, that by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. Thrilled to have you with me. And my gosh, I have such a special guest, this wonderful woman that I met in Nashville when I was there for the National Speakers Convention. And it was, I think it was late this June or early July. Now I can't remember. Time has gone by so fast. I know, it was July. It was July. Well, Beth, let me tell everyone about you. Beth is a keynote speaker. She's a celebrated artist and a leader in Nashville, Tennessee. She survived childhood trauma by learning to to manage her PTSD. I love this, like a boss, and using the power of creativity (laughs) to heal. Beth Mm -hmm. was one of these women who I met and directly felt this just amazing magic and connection and spark with. And I have to tell you too, she founded a 10,000 member artist community, leading creatives to let go of fear and create with joy. My gosh. And you've been appearing just everywhere, Beth, doing your creative thing. Welcome to the spark. Thrilled to have you with me. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. This is amazing to finally get to connect with you again. Because I felt like when we met, we were just like like talking and it was wonderful. And that's been what, like three months ago? It's hard to believe. It's so hard to believe. Yes. So I I loved that. Like, yeah, the moment we met, we couldn't quit chatting. And it just, we just had one thing after another in alignment, Mm -hmm. in common. Mm -hmm. And so lead lead the, the listeners through a little bit of, your journey that, that brought you to this, you know, creating this amazing community. Was it in 2007 or 17? The creative group, the community of artists. I founded that in 2012. Wow. So it's 10 years old now. I can't believe it. Wow. And it has taught me so much about how to be a leader, how to build a community, how to listen to what people need, like underneath all the surface stuff that people tell you they need. Like there's that thing underneath that if they fix that or had that need met, then it would just supersede everything else that they're asking for. So sometimes like it's that underneath stuff. That's where I like to go. And so being able to connect with people on a human level like that and, and uncover their fears and show them a path to joy that has been such a rewarding experience for me. Well, and this this experience for you came out of your own 
hardship, your own trauma. Can you share a little bit about your past and, and what's happened to bring you to where you're at? Well, I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. So, and if you've met other survivors of trauma from childhood trauma, you know that we suffer the repercussions of those things long into our adult years. And so as an adult, learning how to cope with these skills that I learned as a child, it just wasn't working. And so I started having flashbacks in my late 20s about the abuse, and it really gave me an opening to do something about what I was experiencing. So I got into therapy and I started creating art and expressing myself and painting and I needed community. I wanted a sense of belonging and meaningfulness in my life. And so started this community group. And from there, I've done so many other projects, whether it was with art or with speaking. And it's just a matter of sharing your story and feeling that empowerment from sharing your story and where that leads you is beyond your imagination because that's where I've gone. And so I'm so happy that I can share this message now because for those people who are still trying to figure it out, how to find their joy, I think it helps when we have someone we can look to who can inspire us to try new things, to experiment along the way, to be curious about our healing and make sure that we let people know that they're not alone. Yeah. I think that's so important. That's so essential, you know, and so that I'm, I'm getting, and it sounds like is part of what inspired you to create this community of creatives. When you first began, did you know it was going to be so huge? No, not at all. I just wanted to bring together like-minded people so we could open up and share and talk about whatever we were experiencing as artists, whether that was emotionally or professionally. And it just created those connections we needed so that we could build deep, meaningful relationships. And because of that, I had a community all around me and it just slowly grew over time organically. And now it's, you know, connecting so many people all over the region. And it's a really helpful tool for artists locally to be able to ask questions, navigate the scene and be able to get help on things like whether they need resources or want to collaborate with partners. It's just a wonderful space for all of that to happen. You know, it's so inspiring to think about it takes one spark, which was you, you know, to really bring something really beautiful into creation. And so it's, it sounds like it's a place where you, I mean, it's, it's like you all are being really real with one another. Mm -hmm. It's deep dives. Sometimes it's not just getting together and inspiring each other creatively. It's like, how do we keep this, you know, conduit clear? How do we keep excavating what doesn't serve us? So we can get, you know, so we're allowing that creativity to flow, to flow more powerfully through us. And do you know how I discovered what people really wanted? It's when I would 
plan events. I would have speakers come in or I would do something special and I would do all this work, right? And they would get a lot of benefit out of it. But then there were some months, because I would host an event every month live for this group. Some months I would just say, hey, I've had a hard month and I'm tired and I've got nothing planned. So we're just going to sit here and talk. And we would just open up and share. And people would come to me and they would say, this was my favorite meeting of all of them. And so I realized that if we could just create a space and hold that space for people to feel safe enough to open up and share, that that was powerful work all on its own. That trying to pack in all this value into these meetings wasn't always the goal. The goal was to create an openness and a connection within a community. And so that's when I finally learned, okay, so let's do more of this. (laughs) And so we started doing more of that from then on. That's so great. So are you still doing monthly events? We stopped when COVID came into all of our lives and we did some virtual events since then, but we haven't. But I do have a community event coming up at the end of October that is open for the whole community to come. And it's going to be my one woman show that I have created and produced, and it's all about the healing power of creativity. And so it's just the intention I have set is that I want people to come and feel inspired to feel hope and to see how I transition through painting and storytelling and comedy as a way to express myself and connect to the power within me so that I could believe that anything is possible. And so that's going to be open to the community October 28th. So for my 40th birthday. Oh, I love that. I love that. So perfect. Yeah. It's like this moment where I'm turning 40 and I want to do my one woman show and all the ticket proceeds will go directly to the sexual assault center here in middle Tennessee, where I was a client. So it's like this whole, like, I did all this healing and transformation, and now I just want to keep give back. That's beautiful. Yeah, that it's come full circle for you. Exactly. And and how perfect at your 40th birthday. Oh, that's yeah, that's so special. And so in this one woman show, what what can we expect? What's the one woman show about? Well, it's me sharing my story and it's called Breathing Underwater. And the reason it's called Breathing Underwater is because there's a couple of different reasons. I do talk about how I, when I first learned to scuba dive, that I learned to breathe underwater for the first time. And that's when I finally felt a deep, peaceful breath after all the turmoil I had been experiencing in my childhood, that learning to breathe underwater connected me with a piece that I didn't know existed. And so I was obsessed with scuba diving and I became a scuba diving instructor. And so it all led me through this journey of finding my joy and sharing my story and how art became a part of that too, because I needed to be able to breathe as deeply on land as I was underwater. And so I needed to figure out what was going to get me there and creating art work got me there. And so I'll share my paintings. I'll share stories. I'll share things I've learned along the way. I do some comedy. So there's a lot in there to entertain the audience. 
Ah, uh, it's just so wonderful. And I was reminded of how you and I lit up too, talking about scuba diving because we're both scuba divers Yes, and how it is that heaven on earth when you're there and how beautiful, what a great, great analogy. You know, really it's, it's like, okay, I've got this freedom and I can breathe so beautifully underwater where it feels safe. How do I create that same exhale and inhalation of life on dry land. Mm -hmm. And it's different for everybody, you know, and, and I feel like that's why I encourage in my keynote to be curious and to imagine, use your imagination to create the life that you want to see unfold before you. And I know we've talked about this, about how we use our imagination to create a life that we didn't know could exist, but actually does. And the manifestation and all of those things we were geeking out on, <laughs> we were talking, <sighs> but yeah, I want to impart that message into the audience because I know that the number one thing holding me back was my fear and disbelief. And I could blame it on money and I could blame it on resources and whatever else, but really when it came down to it, it was my own fears. And how did I turn those into joy so that I could live this life that I didn't know was possible? So I just kept using my imagination until I got there. And then when I got there, I would imagine some more and just kept moving forward along the way, never giving up. And I tell the story about how I did it. So that's what the show is about. Oh, so exciting. So exciting. And I think I have five of your business cards because you have your artwork, different artwork on your business cards. And it's so phenomenal. And so just, you can just feel the heartfelt centeredness in it. And do you really feel like that is what helped pull you out and bring you joy was being able to create those beautiful pieces of art? Yes, because it was an expression of me. It was an expression of my energy. And I would prepare my studio space with all the materials I needed. I would do journaling and breath work and dancing and get into the body and open myself up to be used as a vessel and just let it all flow through me. And so I call my work, or I call myself a gestural expressionist because I use my hands and paintbrushes and paints to just express the energy that's an extension of who I am. And from there, I'm able to tell a story about how we are connected and how we can live like these vibrant, joyful lives, no matter what we've been through, because that trauma lives in our body and we have to get it out of our body. And so as a practice to get it out, creativity is a great way to express yourself. So it's not that we're saying do it one time, use it as a practice. And there's so many ways that we can do that. I mean, that's why adult coloring books have been so popular over the years, because it's, a, it's an outlet for our expression and for our creativity. And when we can release it, we have more space within us to open up for new things, to be able to receive more. But when we're full, it's so hard to receive. And many of us are full right now and we're looking for things to take off our plates so that we can be open to receive the newness that we're looking for. Absolutely. And I wonder about how fear plays a part in creating that fullness, because I find with my own clients, 
that oftentimes because of whatever the pain is inside, they're distracting themselves. You know, all of us can get into this where it's like, okay, I'm going to do social media and I'm going to keep my calendar super busy. And pretty soon everything does feel full and and there's no room for that. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you help people first even, I guess, discover there's a need for some room? Let's cultivate some room. Well, what I love to do is bring people together and have them just connect to themselves, connect to their breath. And then we do some energy work. We do some visualization work. We use our senses and our bodies to acknowledge what we're feeling and what's going on. And then we have an open space to create a dialogue so that we can talk about it. And then we go through all these experiences and then I'll lead groups through an art making process to where they can then take what they've learned and express it through art. And so this process of self-discovery is, is so amazing because you never know when that little light bulb is going to go off in someone's head. Sometimes it's, they get it right from the beginning. They're like, whew, I needed to connect to myself because I'm feeling overwhelmed. But then some other people, it takes them a little bit more digging to actually realize, oh, so I don't have to be like this anymore. You're saying that I can change and it opens their mind up to the possibility of what that would even be like. And that's the beginning, just feeling like you accept where you are in the present so that you can create a vision for where you want to go in the future. Love that. I absolutely love that. Because oftentimes it's just the awareness, right? That we're, because sometimes, isn't it true? Do you find that we find ourselves very unconscious about what's really going on and how much stuff we're bombarding ourselves with so that we really don't have to feel what's going on? Oh yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I am all about peace and joy and being grounded and all that, but I'm still human, right? And so- I actually took a Tai Chi class two days ago and I realized this is a slow moving practice that's teaching me about moving slower and actually being in that space. And it reminded me of how fast I still move. And so that was a really good awareness. It just was like, okay. Now, you know, just do some Tai Chi and you'll see how <laughs> uncomfortably slow and excruciatingly slow it is. <laughs> You're like, okay, maybe I, maybe there's some value there. And so I was able to dig in and find the value and the fact that I didn't like it because it was so slow. I'm used to dancing and doing hula hooping and things like that. So I learned, I learned a huge lesson in that discomfort. And I think that's what we don't. Well, we, we shouldn't be afraid of the discomfort. We should be able to sit in it and be like, I'm uncomfortable. What is this trying to tell me I care about and go from there instead of just like, I'm uncomfortable. Let me just push it aside and go do something else. There's so much value in that discomfort, even though we don't like it, you know, we don't have wine unless we press on the grapes. And so the only way we're going to turn into wine is if we get pressed a little bit. I love it. You know, that's, that's <laughs> what I, I tell my clients too. Our growth edge is rarely comfortable. 
right? You know? (laughs) And so we know if we hit that, that uncomfortable edge, usually we're, we're onto something that that's actually going to be really powerful and, and really promising for us. If we'll allow ourselves, just like you said, to be with the discomfort and celebrate the fact that we are growing, (laughs) right? Oh my gosh. That's such an opposite way of thinking about things. Isn't it like, Oh, this is hard. Let me celebrate how much I'm changing and growing right now. Like I'm doing the work and this is how it, this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah. We rarely do that. You know, I, I think, you know, we have built in mechanisms where we, you know, we, we don't move towards pain. It's not natural for us. So it does feel a little counterintuitive when we hit, you know, those growth edges and we're like, oh, like with you, I'm, I am with that. I'm a, I'm learning patience. It's part of my life lesson. Uh And so, you know, I think I might be in the same place if I was at a Tai Chi class, Um, (laughs) like, oh, (laughs) having to slow everything down. And then the importance of that, like, how is that applicable to our lives and our need to just be and our need to just slow down? And so again, like you're saying, if we allow ourselves to be in those moments, look at, it's like the gems that come that we can excavate from those experiences. Yes. I know when I start to feel that resistance, that tension in my body, that that's a signal to ground to get slow, to connect to grace. And then from there, I'm able to have so many aha moments where it's like, oh, that's what that's trying to teach me without judging myself for feeling the discomfort. I think we often go there as a reaction right into criticizing and judging ourselves for feeling discomfort in the first place. Like there's something wrong with that when that's a completely human experience. And so if we can just go into grace and know that this is all part of the journey. And that's when we start to really find the information that can set us free. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think you've hit such an, a key essential point here and that none of us like the discomfort, you know, and I think as long as we're on this human journey, we're going to be confronted with emotions, circumstances, situations where something may feel unpleasant. We might have, you know, as some people call it the dark night of the soul where we're we're finding like, wow, I'm very reflective. I'm having grief or sadness. Um, I might have anger come up and what a difference it makes when we embrace those parts of ourselves, because I feel like that is the only way we are truly able to transcend them. Definitely. Because otherwise it just gets stuffed and stuck. But if we can let it overflow and say, I'm angry, I'm angry. And then you're like, I hear myself saying that. All right. Like, that's not a bad thing. It's just an emotion or I'm feeling angry. Yeah. I'm feeling feeling sad, right? I'm feeling this. Yeah. And that's okay. And sometimes it can be so overwhelming. I get this because I have a complex PTSD. And sometimes people would just be like, oh, just get over it. And it's like, you don't understand. I can't just get over it. Like, this is the way my brain is wired. I've got to rewire my brain. It's, it's requires some different type of tools and, and work involved. 
And so I developed this framework that has helped me when I start to feel that pressure and that resistance and that discomfort. And it's called take a beat. And what it means is it means to take a beat, B, breathe, E, energize, A, ask for help, and T, talk about it. Just four simple steps that can take you from spinning out of control into being grounded. Because the thing is, when that happens to us, when we start to lose ourselves almost, that's when our lizard brain comes into play and takes away all of our like preparedness that we think we are ready for this. And so that's why I wanted to come up with something so simple and easy to remember so that, okay, breathe. Okay, breathe. Energize. What does that mean? Does it mean rest? Does it mean eat? It means take care of yourself to get your energy back to a level where you can actually deal with whatever it is that you're going through. Because if we're depleted and exhausted, it makes it so much harder to work through our emotions and to make those shifts and then asking for help. And is isn't just asking other people for help, for help. It's asking ourselves for help. And I think we forget to do that. We forget to trust ourselves in the process and then talk about it. Is it like, it sounds release it, get it out, talk about it, tell a friend. And it doesn't have to be like complicated. It can just be, I felt this, I experienced this. This is what happened. This is what I did. And now this is what I'm feeling now. And so it's like, we can just go through this cycle of breathing, taking care of ourselves by energizing our bodies, asking for help when we need it and talking about it. If we can do those things consistently, we will see so much improvement and just the smallest things in our life. And when we can handle the small things, we can handle the big things. So, oh, I love this. I love this so much. Take a beat. I think that is so fantastic. You know, I I think that that's one of the things, Beth, that I speak about a lot. And I I wrote about in my book, Becoming Fierce, is the whole thing of how do we befriend ourselves? Mm -hmm. And take a beat really sounds like part of that process where we're tuning in to ourselves. What do we really need in this moment? How do we take care of ourselves? How do we attune to whatever energy, because that's all emotions are, that's energy in the body. And the story that we tell ourselves about these emotions is what perpetuates, you know, the angst. So if we can just say, okay, yes, I am feeling this, as you said, then we can come back to, okay, deep breath. What is it that I need? Mm -hmm. How do I, and the inner wisdom that resides within me, how can I connect with that inner GPS? Mm. and have it guide me to what is best serving of me in this time. Oh, and when you start listening to that voice, it just changes everything, doesn't it? It does. It does. Well, and so I'm so curious, Beth, for you, do you have a morning practice that you do, or do you have something that really keeps you in alignment every day, kind of keeps you grounded, balanced? Well, I love to take walks in the woods. So I do that when I really feel like I need it. Otherwise, I will sit on the floor and I call it tummy time because, you know, when little babies are young, they do tummy time to like learn their motor skills. Well, I just get on the floor and it's grounding time and it's just like stretching and it's, you know, just being connected to 
sitting and, and being in my body in a different way. And I'll play fetch with my dog. And so just things that are grounding and make me feel good, like having a nice breakfast, just doing things that honor me and on connect to the earth. That really is so beneficial for me. It sounds so awesome. Right now, I don't know if you can hear it. There's a generator going off. Can you hear that? No, I can't. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'll tell my uh, producer to do a quick break right at 20. It'll be about 28 minutes. We have people finishing up our fence and all of a sudden this really loud generator just came on. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm so glad that that didn't interrupt this. So we'll get back to this piece of really being grounded to the earth. You know, that's what I'm hearing when you're doing your stretching and you're just being there and being in your body. You know, you're connected to yourself, connected to the earth. And do you notice when you don't do that, what happens? Yes, because I'm in my head and I've got anxiety swirling and it's just like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> we got to we got to I got to shift out of whatever this is. And then yeah. I'll go and like this morning I went for a long walk. It's beautiful outside which makes that even better, you know, to just take it all in, the crisp air and the sun and the trees, I mean, noticing things with my senses grounds me. And so I'll do the same thing here where I have beautiful things around me and I have paintings or I'll have food that tastes delicious and I'll listen to music that feels really grounding. And so any way that I can use my senses to connect to my body, I think is really helpful too. So, but yeah, great practice, great practice, nature and being grounded. Love it. Mm. Love it. Love it. So I want to know about this comedy career that you started doing comedy at 37. Oh my gosh, that takes so much courage. Tell me about <laughs> that journey and how you got into that. Well, it's kind of bizarre, but I started hearing voices like not audible voices, but like do stand up comedy like do stand-up comedy and I was like what <laughs> and I didn't I didn't do it because I thought that's not what I do this is weird I'll just I'll just like try to block it out so the art of flexibility is one of <laughs> the laws that we're practicing today so so Beth forgive me we'll we'll just start from the beginning when you're talking about how in the world this amazing career of stand-up comedy. You know, so we heard that you were saying, okay, I'm hearing these voices say, do stand-up comedy, do stand-up comedy. And you weren't listening for a while. And then what happened? Then I, I couldn't take it anymore. You know, when you are starting, when you hear voices or you see visions, I don't know what it's like for you, but for me, they do not let up. It's like they pester me until I actually do it. And so I had had enough of hearing these voices telling me to do stand-up that I decided to sign up for a class. And so I took my first stand-up comedy class and 
I fell in love with laughing, with smiling, with writing, performing. It was something I never knew that I needed to do, but I did it. And then I started going to open mics in Nashville. There's a great comedy scene here. And so I was jumping right in with the rest of the comics who were all very seasoned comics. And so it was very intimidating and I just kept at it and I kept at it. I kept writing and performing. And then I did that until COVID and then I kind of backed off, but I use comedy in my keynote. So the whole purpose that I feel like I got from it is that just to be like, add more humor into my life and everything that I do. And so I love that I had that training to be able to incorporate it into my speaking career. Yeah, it's so perfect. It's so fun. I mean, it's just, I think so often we can get really serious and those important key messages in a, in a moment of humor sometimes are what bring it truly home or bring it to heart. So, so cool that you're incorporating that. Yeah, because there's some pretty intense moments in the talk where we're talking about, you know, serious emotional things. And then there's lighthearted, funny things. And so that emotional contrast is why we love watching movies. You know, it takes us on this journey. And so I do the same thing for my audience as I want to take them on a journey that makes them feel lots of different things along the way. And if I can just keep them laughing and smiling, then they're going to be sort of like fertile soil when it, comes to me planting some of those seeds that are a little bit harder to digest. Yeah. Yeah. So perfect. Well, and so what is it, Beth, in your life right now? What is inspiring you as you're looking for the future or towards the first, excuse me, as you're looking towards the future or even day to day, what are the things that just inspire you? Well, creating inspires me. I have to say when I, um, put together this one woman show event that I'm doing in October. I created the promotional image with a friend. It's me underwater, like floaty. It's ethereal. And like just that whole process of like, I don't know what this is going to look like, but let's go try something. And then the collaborating with all my partners, whether it's from the nonprofit I'm working with or the sponsors I'm working with, bringing people together into this, to this message is empowering me so much because I can see how the work is actually doing what it's meant to do. And that's to inspire people and to show them a different way or another way of healing to connect them to joy. And so knowing that this message is going to reach people in a powerful way, like that inspires me. And so I've just been like head down doing this work, creating all the materials that I need for this to all happen And it feels so aligned and, you know, when you feel aligned, like you have this sense of energy that you're like, this feels different. Like this is good. Like I'm going to stay here. And so I've been feeling that a lot, which has been incredible because I think, you know, when we have a vision for something and we try this and we try that, we can get down on ourselves for not working out the way we had intended or like it not unfolding exactly how we wanted it to. And when we can get aligned with what we're doing and then we feel it and we know that we're moving forward with it, it's just a totally different experience. And so that in itself, 
has been really helpful. Just having that awareness of this is where exactly where you're supposed to be. Ah, love that. Love hearing that. And so, yeah, I I just think it's so exciting. Are you doing any kind of workshops besides the one woman show? Is it the show or can people work with you individually? They can. So I have the one woman show, but I also work with groups doing events um, such as workshops and breakouts. And so I've done that before where I lead uh, like a group and a company, lead them through a process to have them connect to themselves, their creativity, and then create a piece of work. So we can do that. So that's really fun. Mm -hmm. And then the breakouts are really just an experience to connect with yourself. And then, you know, during COVID, I was doing online coaching. So I work with people one-on-one. And so that was really exciting to be able to do that more because we had to do something on the computer, right? (laughs) And just see where my clients go after we work together. And so that in itself is extremely rewarding. I have to say, I do love being on stage the most, like that's where I want to be. And that's where I want to make an impact because I believe that that's what I have been created for. Like that's my purpose. And everything that I've done in my life has led me here to this moment of being able to share my story on stage and the way that I do it using art and story and comedy, like only I could do this work. Only I could tell my story in the way that I tell it. And that's where I feel like I'm the most aligned. If people are just listening and not watching this, I I wish they could see you because your eyes just light up when you talk about (laughs) this stuff. I mean, you could just tell like there's just this, this fire within you and and this passion that you bring to what you're doing. Thank you. I feel it. I want to share it. (laughs) I feel you feeling it. (laughs) It's just amazing. It's amazing. So do you have, we're going to move to a personal note for a moment. Do you have personal relationships? Do you have people that are really close to you? I don't know if you have a husband or a partner or children. I do not have children. I do have a boyfriend. We've been dating for a year and I have really great friends, like best friends that feel like family. And so I surround myself with those people who feel like family to me. My, my actual family lives in Texas. And since I'm in Tennessee, it's nice to have that community around me with people I've met through the arts community. So my bestest friends are like photographers and painters and songwriters. And so it has been so much fun bringing that community and surrounding myself with that community because we have so much in common and it just keeps me excited to see what they're making and see what they're doing. And sometimes we collaborate and the creation process is just, I feel like a way for us to continue to grow in a fun way. And if we're creating, we're growing. If we're creating, we're connecting to what it feels like to live. Mm -hmm. And it's that awareness of living and how we want to live that we can find through creating. So it's all like blended together. 
Well, and you bring this really important point up because it's something that I talk a lot about with my audience is that, you know, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And Jack Canfield speaks about that in his book, Success Principles. And so it's really important that just like you said, we're surrounding ourselves with people that lift us up, that Mm -hmm. also help inspire us, that we inspire one another, that it's not people that we get done talking to and we feel like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. That it becomes like, I love this sense of extended family. Mm -hmm. And the key to that, yes. I definitely know that feeling of being exhausted by people. And I think that's a good signal to, to direct you towards someone else that's going to make you feel alive. And it's, isn't that so strange how just some people you meet, you just, there's nothing wrong with them. They're completely lovely and wonderful, but like, for some reason, your energies just don't mesh. Mm -hmm. And I think when we met, it was like, oh my gosh, let's talk forever. (laughs) I I mean, is there really, is there a conference going on? Because I just want to (laughs) hang out here and just chat with you. And that is such a beautiful thing that can happen when you meet someone for the first time and you can just feel that. And I think that's good way to kind of gauge like, okay, is this someone that I should, you know, want to get to know more? Like, what am I feeling? If we're disconnected from our bodies, then maybe we're not going to be as aware of picking that up. So I think before we can even like tune our, our antennas into other people's energy, we have to tune into ourselves. And so if we can have that awareness with ourselves, then we're going to be more sensitive and pick that up around other people. And so I think that's important to remember too, because we all have this gift of intuition of our senses. And if we can hone that in by connecting to ourselves, then that can change the world around us. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. It reminds me of, um, one of, one of the techniques that actually my coach, and this has been during the pandemic, told me and taught me, it, it was a grounding meditation, not unlike yourself. It was literally around putting your butt on the floor, and then you could have your back straight up against a wall or against the sofa. And for 10 minutes, all you do is you feel literally into your rear end, into how your legs are connected with the floor. And you just keep out of your mind by just taking deep breaths, not listening to the chatter, just keep feeling into the ground for 10 minutes. And then the last 10 minutes, you lie in Shavasana. And people Mm -hmm. that do yoga know that's where you lie flat on your back with your palms up and you just receive whatever is coming through. And it's such a beautiful way to connect to yourself. And when you do that, I think it's really true, Beth. It's like, then as you're out in the world, you can connect more easily with that inner GPS and that inner knowingness and intuition. So you're sensitive to more subtle energies. You feel, you can actually feel, and I I totally imagine this as your experience as such a perceptive person. You can walk into a store or you can walk in to a restaurant and you get a feel for the Mm -hmm. energy of the entire place. And then Mm -hmm. you can really vibe with people. And it's a great way of knowing like, you know, this might be a perfectly nice person, but there's, there's a mismatch here and Mm -hmm. that's okay. You can have a pleasant exchange and no, I'm not going to be really close with that person. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we're all on our own unique path. And I think when we start to tune into that guidance, 
we're going to meet and connect to people that we need on our path at the time we need it. And so if we try to force things that aren't really feeling like aligned, then we're going to feel that resistance. But once we start feeling that flow, we get used to it. And then we just want to be in that flow all the time. But that's, I mean, that has required me to really tune into myself so much self-care so that I can be sensitive and open Mm -hmm. because being an open and loving person to like shine a light on people like that's, that doesn't just happen. It's the product of the, of the practices that we live by. And so to be able to do that and be, be that for other people, we've really got to be grounded in ourselves. So doing the work ourselves can open up so much joy into how we interact with other people. And so from someone who's had typically bad relationships because of my trauma experiences and my feelings of trust and fear and all those things, I think once we learn to really love ourselves and connect to ourselves, we're going to see the world in a whole different way. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, you have done the work. I mean, that's what's so beautiful because we, we can have a knowingness. I have air quotes here about, (laughs) you know, we can read it in a book, we can listen to it on audible and say, okay, this philosophy really makes sense. I really get it. And it's an intellectual getting. Mm-hmm. And then as we assimilate that truly into who we are and develop that practice of how do we befriend ourselves? How do we cultivate a relationship? Then it's like, we're building that muscle. And it's really, we've got to build that muscle of like, oh, I've got me, I've got my back. And as we start learning how to truly love ourselves, not the cliche, oh, just love yourself. It's, it's like, no, I'm going to truly start showing up for myself mm-hmm. by tuning in, grounding down, and then opening up. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you have done that so beautifully in your life. Well, I try, you know, and, and I know sometimes old patterns or habits poke up, poke up and you're like, oh, okay, that's still there. Um, when there's something that you know you need and you're not advocating for yourself, I think that's a good point to, as a way to gauge where, where you are and how well you're loving yourself. Are you giving yourself the things that you need? Are you making time for you to have access and for the things that you need so that you can do whatever it is that you want to do? And if we just sit back and say, do I have what I need? Am I taking care of myself? We're going to have those answers come up right away. And then instead of shaming ourselves for not maybe being perfect, because no one is, we're all in this together. You guys, all of us are in this together. We got to listen to what our needs are and we got to give it to ourselves. And the sooner we do that, the sooner we'll be stronger and more connected and and able to do the things that we want to do and, and dream big and do the work. like. It starts with the small stuff, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. feeding yourself well, or getting that sleep you need, or taking time to delight in whatever it is that you love. Yes. Do those yes. things. See what happens. Yes. I love it. And I love that what I'm really hearing from you is 
is in a very important message around, we never arrive. You know, I, I have clients that are like, so like, like somehow there's gotta be some moment when we have everything figured out and we do everything correctly. And, you know, I mean, it's just one of those moments that we end up laughing together because it never arrives. And in some ways, thank God, it's okay for life to be messy sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's okay for us not to get it right. And that's part of our human experience here. And so to know that, yes, and you met Beth, you met my partner, Morgan at the conference. You know, he taught me a couple of years ago, this lovely thing about when I get triggered, if something were, you know, triggering me from my own past, that instead of going, oh my gosh, I, you know, oh, like, I don't like this. I don't want to feel these feelings. And not that I did that all the time, but especially like in relationship and things that I had, you know, traumas I had with my own father. I'm like, I've done a lot of work on this. I don't want it to come up anymore. But the way that he reframed it was so beautiful because when it would come up, he would say, what a blessing, what a blessing. And what I really got was for all of us. And I speak to my clients so much about this now because I've embraced it so deeply myself is when those things come up, it is coming up because we are ready to heal it. Mm. We are ready to heal whatever that is. And I truly believe that love brings up anything unlike itself for the purpose of being healed. Mm-hmm. You are a hundred percent correct. Yes. Yes. You're like, why is that still there? I don't <laughs> like it. Make it go away. <laughs> I know. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to sit in this discomfort. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask it what it wants me to know, what I need to learn and wait to receive the guidance I need. Yeah. Sometimes we're gritting our teeth the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And like we've said, I mean, this has kind of brought us, you know, round robin. I think, you know, that's the truth. When we're able to be with those uncomfortable feelings, and be with our own experience, right? No matter how joyful, how messy, you know, how constricted or expansive it feels, then we are truly plugged into life. There's such a a much deeper sense of aliveness and we do transcend those negative experiences. They don't stay. Right. And we we don't have to define ourselves by them. Exactly. I was just thinking about that the other day about how I tell such vulnerable stories in my keynote, but how they don't feel vulnerable to me anymore because they're part of my story in the past. And that's where they, that's where they are. And I don't bring them into my future because I have done the work. And that doesn't mean that old patterns don't show up every once in a while, but I have a piece about my pain and what it's taught me. And then there's always new things that come up. And like you said, there's never an end point. It's just this constant unfolding. Mm. And the more we're okay with just speed and the flow and riding that wave and being uncomfortable and being, you know, having the comfort and going in and out of all of our emotions and feelings, then we can truly have a better awareness of where we are in our own hearts and can, can create the life that we want based on, because when you dive into who you are, you know more about what you want and what you don't want. Like, how would you know if you, what you don't want, if you don't know yourself, 
And that's where, that's why you're going and doing the hard work so that you can learn more about what you don't want and make space for what you do want. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Beth, how can people get a hold of you? How can they find out about this one woman show? Well, you guys can find me on social media on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook at Beth English. That's B-E-T-H-I-N-G-L-I-S-H. My website's BethEnglish.com. So it's English, but with an I. Yes. I-N-G-L-I-S-H. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it, Beth. I can't even begin to tell you what a joy this has been just spending time with you and getting to be in your presence again. Just absolutely love it. Feel such heart resonance with you. What, what is the essential message that you'd like to leave with the audience today? I want them. I want, okay. If you're listening today right now, I want you to know that nothing is ever over, that there is always hope to transform, to change whatever it is that you're going through. It may be hard and it may feel dark and you may not know exactly where you're going, but just keep putting one foot in front of the other and know that if you just keep doing that, you're going to see the work on the other side and feel the way that you want to feel because you've been doing what you know you need to do to get there. So that there is a path to hope. Don't give up on yourself. It feels hard. I know. And you feel lonely and it it can be some of the darkest moments in your life healing. But once you do it, oh my God, (laughs) you're going to be so glad that you did. So don't give up. Keep doing, keep doing the hard work. Mm. Beth English, you are such a spark. You are such a gem in this world. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us. Thank you for having me. I love talking to you. I just feel all those good feelings that we felt when we connected initially. And so I just can't wait to see what we do next.